Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us on this special uh, broadcast of Food for Thought. My name is Sunil Chandy. I am uh, the rector and priest at Christ Episcopal Church in Westerly, Rhode Island. And this is Food for Thought, a ministry out of uh, the church. Um, today, usually we have either Fitness Friday or a little clip, uh, uh, a short uh, Food for Thought. Uh, but uh, our community has just uh, had some devastating news. Uh, one of our own, uh, a colleague in ministry, also a staff person uh, and a, a great pastor and friend, uh, passed away suddenly that uh, Father uh, Eric Lawrence passed away on Thursday, uh, or we heard the news on Thursday morning. I think he probably passed away uh, Wednesday night into Thursday. And um, and uh, our our congregation is just reeling, and of course I am. I I really deeply loved him, and I thought that he was uh, an inspirational man, and uh, and and filled with wisdom, joy, and hope. And so today, uh, to kind of uh, how I deal with grief as I talk about it, I talk about the the talk with people who I love uh, and people who. Can give me insight and and just and knowing that God speaks in the midst of community and and so uh, I asked Sharon Yonkin, our 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 uh, normal food for thought uh, guest, a, a therapist, to come on uh, on the show to just talk about this. And we have uh, a clip also of of Eric doing one of his favorite prayers at the end of the uh, program, one that was crafted by Ben, our producer, and. Uh, we're just so grateful for Ben for doing that. But uh, Ben, if you would bring Sharon Yangin on, it would be great. Hi, Sharon. Uh, Father Sneel, first of all, I'm, let me just extend my condolences. I'm so sorry and, and to you and to our church community and to our viewing community, because I was thinking about this last night. He not only uh, was such an important part of our church community, but also our online community. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was, I w first off, I want to thank you, uh, Sharon. I, I reached out to you yesterday and, and you really were very uh, um, comforting for me. And, and it was just good to talk to you uh, last mm -hmm. night. My, there were a, a whole gamut of emotions I was feeling. And uh, Simi and I are, are really, you know, we're really struggling with, uh, with the suddenness of his passing. And, uh, but you're right. In fact, I, I, not only has he affected the in-person community of Christ Church, but because we've had this extended community, I have, we have comments and emails from, uh, from people all over the world who have heard his sermons, his speaking, his compliments that he, uh, that he engaged in with our online ministry, morning prayer that he was, he did every Wednesday with us. And so this larger community is affected by, uh, and, not, and not only in this particular ministry, but over the course of his, his, his wonderful and varied career, you know, as a priest. Yeah, he, he has had a big impact yeah. on our yeah. community and uh, for sure. And, and so um, in particular, I, I'm struck too by, we were able to, because he has been part of this online community, that we have actually Father Eric 
helping us with this situation in his own words, which is also the fact that uh, Dave and Ben found that sermon that he gave, one of his last sermons on saying goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was this was his uh, his sermon that he uh, I think on February on May 18th, I believe it was. Uh, and this was right after the death of his own niece. Uh, and his niece um, passed away, uh, and it was a, a very hard passing for him. And and so he was, you know, over the, you know, as a priest, because we, our our uh, our vocation calls us to be there at, at, uh, you know, to do last rites and funerals. We, we usually think deeply about what does it mean to be immortal? What does it mean to, to have uh, eternal life? What does our faith mean to us? So that we could kind of move forward each step of the way, even in the midst of of, of challenging events. But when it happens, something something happens so personally and within one's family. I mean, the larger church family, it's 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 devastating. But when one when one's close relatives pass away, then all of a sudden again, it's like you are called to think deep on what does it mean to be in the midst of death. And what does our faith call us to? Um, I I, I love that sermon. It was just Simi and I watched it over and over it yesterday, and there was such such, such wonderful foundational uh, understandings of uh, of resurrection faith. I mean, there was one point in it that uh, that he was listing the the the, the debts that we have, and then and, and then he uh, and it it was almost as if he was downcast, and then he. Then he almost seemed to chuckle. He, he chuckled right in the middle of it, uh, or towards the end of it, where he said, "But we, death has not won. Our faith wins. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Our affirmation of life that's beyond this experience of death. Mm. Powerful. Mm. You know? um, yeah. So powerful. So powerful. And I, I understand. I, I can relate to some of what you're saying because." I think the same thing is true in terms of my area of work where we can talk about someone going through loss, but it is different if you are experiencing the loss yourself. Because I know you and I have talked a little bit about grief, um, you know, throughout the pandemic at different times. But when I was thinking about it for Father Eric, I was feeling it in a different way. Like from what you're saying. In what in what way did you feel it? I, I, well, you know, we can talk about things like not really letting it in at first, not really facing reality. Like there's part of me that's like, I can't really believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I, I, I get that. That was right? my first that was my first thought. I, I got the call from Bishop Nisley, who was who as the chief pastor of our priests would go right to the, went to the, to the home to be with, and he called me from, from Eric's house. And he said that he, he passed away. And I said, Eric, you know, I was just with him just less than 16 hours before. And yeah. we were talking about, you know, this coming Sunday and we were, we have our plans and we have our, our life that we you know, planned out. And all of a sudden it's death. It, it, it you know, I almost said, you know, I no, it can't be. Uh, sorry, I've got things to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, yeah. It was just, 
he's such a, a, a has been such a steady um solid presence in the church i just kind of envisioned him almost oh. being with us for many more years and i yeah. would have never thought that anything like this and i and i as i looked to his sermon too and he you know one of the things we talk about well first of all we have grief which is our internal experience emotionally of what we're experiencing with the loss and then we have mourning which is how we we ha we express it and we express it in the world and he said right in his sermon which i thought was interesting you know we talk about with mourning it's important to acknowledge the reality of your grief and he talks in his sermon about he says death is part of living right He's being very, very realistic about it. And, and human grief, he also says, human grief is not unchristian. And I thought it was really powerful. He he talks about how Jesus wept at the grave of his friend. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, um, so for me, he was all he was acknowledging that death is part of life, and he was also at that part of in his sermon talking about the importance of sharing your feelings yeah, no. and expressing your feelings. I think that's, that is so powerful a thing to say, because, you know, in Christian theology, sometimes there is this vein of uh, Christian theology that suggests, and, and I've, I've heard this and, and I've actually experienced it in a way that was really unhelpful. Um, th that if you have faith, you shouldn't be sad. If you have faith, you shouldn't be mourning. You shouldn't be grieving. There is this, there is this part of it, uh, theology that kind of Christian theology in the, or theology in the church that says, you know, it's almost as if you're, um, you don't, you don't accept that reality. There's another reality, and so it becomes almost um, like a, a, a way to think that uh, prevents you from feeling what you're feeling. Right? Mm. And I remember when my father died. One of our, uh, one of the, one of the lay people saw me. I was a priest, and and I was just ordained. And they saw my father was in his coffin, and I started crying. I started weeping. I mean, it was just you know the tears were coming down. And he pulled me aside, uh, and he said it in all, all innocence. But he pulled me aside. He goes, he said, Sunil, you shouldn't be weeping. Why are you weeping? You're Christian, you're a man of faith. Where is your faith? And and for for a bit, I pulled, I got pulled into the room and I talked with him and I and I tried to hide myself when I'm when I was grieving. Uh, but then, I, you know, and it was the wrong piece of advice, right? Mm -hmm. Because it just never helped me with the grieving process. And um, and so over the next two or three years, I processed it over and over. And, and the wonderful thing about our liturgy is that it accepts that fundamental reality. This, this, it's a radical acceptance of death. You know, in our services, in our liturgy, which, which Eric really, um, really enjoyed and found nourishment in and, and faith in, he, it's a liturgy that says, it's a, it's a bittersweet liturgy. It says, it says, you know, death is real, our love is real, and grief is real. And so it's okay to cry. But don't remain there just yet. Don't just stay there. Because, right. you know, you, it's also about life and this person yeah. filled with hope. That 
about the end. Yeah. It's about the end. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we acknowledge that a spirit as spunky as as Eric. I mean, <laughs> Eric. You know that. You know, it's funny though because I, I have a joke with him often. I call him. You know, every now and then uh, in the diocese, he he he's like a little curmudgeon at times, right? And so every now and then when he gets to his curmudgeon self, I, I go, oh, there goes Grumpy again. <laughs> and then we laugh. We laugh about it, right? And, and so, you know, those are the things that he was, he was, he had the passion. He loved what he loved. He lived life boldly. Uh, he didn't like what he didn't like and he told you about it. And, uh, and that type of person, doesn't from my from my vantage point that type of energy doesn't cease to exist you know yeah and that's another thing that was interesting i thought about his sermon too um yes like he he it, like your, to your point he you know it's important during this mourning process that we embrace both the pain and the joy that's that's kind of working through and mourning and um, he said right in his sermon, sadness, grief, and hope and expectation, you know, are both part of this, this grieving. And he talked a lot also about meaning. And like you're saying, kind of, um, I think, what, what's the meaning we can take away from this and having known Eric, Father Eric, you know. Um, but he talks about how love is stronger than death. And that God will turn mourning into celebration when we notice things like a helping hand, an encouraging smile, a loving touch, or new opportunities, providing new opportunities for those in need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this morning I, I, uh, I was talking to one of our priests who called up and just expressing their their they're surprised at this death. And I, I, I shared a story about Eric uh, with her. And um, it was really interesting because he loved he loved nature, right? And, and the first time I met him really was at a diocesan event over three years ago. Um, I was new to the diocese, but we never really connected with each other. And until he said that he was about to retire. And then I said, wait a second, you're, you're an active a priest, well, you can't just simply retire. I need help. Why don't you come and help me? You know, that type of thing. And we started to have this conversation. But mm -hmm. uh, then we went on the river cruise because he's an he was an outdoors guy. He loved the water. He loved his fishing. He loved his boat. Um, and so the bishop organized this river pilgrimage. And it was a canoe pilgrimage from going down the Pocketuck River all the way down to uh, westerly to to the Watch Hill Beach there, uh, Napa Tree Point, I think it is, and mm -hmm. and so I joined uh, at uh, at the Pocket River, um, the Wood River, I guess, right here in town, uh, right uh, where Westerly meets it, right, and so I joined it, and I said, you know, because I've never been in a boat before, really, I've I've never really canoed, and I told the bishop that, and Eric that, and Betsy Rice. And I remember that he was he was part of that uh, thing, and I got into the boat, and I got to tell you, um, and I told them, look, this is my first time on the water, and they were all surprised and everything. They're kind of anxious for me, but I got in the water, started 
getting into the kayak or, and then what happened was the, the kayak capsized. I, it went over. With you in? Like, yeah. You were, was, wow. Yeah, I was like in the water. I was like, <laughs> you know, and they were, it was funny though, because uh, you would think I was scared, but I wasn't. And, and maybe foolishly, I don't know, but uh, the water wasn't that deep really, you know, but, uh, but um, what I had was all of these people and included them in them, among them was the Bishop, uh, Eric, Betsy Rice, they were all coming around and all I could look, all I could see are concerned faces. I, I was looking at them and that eased me, eased me a great deal because, you know, they were all there and I knew that somehow in the midst of this community, I'm going to be okay. They're going to get me out of the water. And they did. They instructed me and we and worked it out. And so yeah. the priest was saying to me this morning, he goes, how do you, you know, this is, this could break you in some way. I know that you're going through this sorrow. And I said, no, we have people like Eric praying for us. We have people like those. And Eric is among the pantheon of our faithful who are surrounding us with concerned faces and love. And they're going to, and we're going to be okay because they've shown us the way to be okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, so this, that was this morning that you were saying that. Yeah. And so it just reminded me of like Eric, you know, the sermon, I mean, right now, how we're feeling, you know, when we have this, this tremendous death and it could shape shakes and, and it's not just, it's like death in general, because we've, we've, you know, the sermon, uh, that he just did, he he noted there were one million. We passed the one million mark in terms of death to, due to COVID. Families are devastated. They don't know how necessarily how, how to move forward, and they think and and I could imagine that you know it could petrify us, and it could make us feel as if we can't do anything more. But then if we maybe keep the image that there are. The spirits of those who pass on, they're watching over us with concerned eyes. They're in the presence of God, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they're praying for us. Their prayers help us to move forward. Right. Then maybe we can move forward without fear. That's part of the meaning we can take from this. Yeah. Yeah, the spiritual meaning. And so we have that in, in, in our faith, and it's also... We also literally have him praying for us on video and guiding us on video that's been left for us as well. So we have meaning and then we also have that we can take from his life and what he meant to us and what he means to us in terms of our community. How is that? And how do we want to, one of the things that happens with mourning is What's going to be my new identity without this person? It's like the church and the community is going is going to go through a little bit of how how is this going to affect? I think like you're saying our community, and what can we learn from his life and what he brought to us and what he gave to us? He was so steady and so consistent and so present. And, and what can we take from the way he lived his life and what he meant to us as we shape our identity moving forward? Yeah. There's, a, there's so many lessons that he has taught me personally. And I think, 
And I think individually, they're probably, you know, in our congregation, they're probably, and, and, and all the people that he's, he's touched, it's probably many little insights on how to live life. And one of the things that, that um, for me, uh, he always reinforced my prayer, his prayer life, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 and, and, and it was, I mean, I, I had, I, you know, like, a, you know, when you're a busy priest, you, you have these ideals, you're a busy person, you have these ideals that you want to pray every, every day, you want to do it four times a day, you want to, you want to uh, begin the day and, and end it, but then sometimes life gets so busy and sometimes you move through it. And so um, I remember like after the first, I've been here now at Christ Church for seven years, after the first two years, I got so busy, so crazy. I just kept just trying to move. And then when he came on board, he he reinforced with me. He said, you know, Sunil, I do prayer, morning prayer every day. And then it, it reminded me of the ideal. And then he said, and he goes, you know, it, and we talked about it. I remember one of our first conversations was that it's really, really, it takes effort, but it doesn't take that much effort. And actually what happens is once you, once you engage in it, it becomes your life becomes, you know, reimagined or reprioritized and, and it becomes easier. Life becomes mm-hmm. easier. And so he inspired me to do morning prayer every day mm-hmm. and taking time to, to, to kind of like write my, my confession out. And, and, and it was just the most important thing for me, especially through this period of the pandemic. And yeah. so that was just one lesson. I mean, there's so many lessons that, that this, this, this faithful man passed on. And, yeah. and I think for, for us, I think as what we could do is, uh, you know, take those lessons and honor his life, applying them in our own lives. You know, yeah. I mean, he was a man who was deeply faithful and believed in the kingdom of God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a better world. So, Take those lessons that he's taught us through his life. I mean, it's modeled after Jesus's life, and 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 then say, look, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We can continue the story of this kingdom of God because of people like Eric and and who follows who follows Jesus like us. You know, such a powerful story you have about the morning prayer too, and just one of many ways he has had. Um, an effect, helpful, you know, influence and, and, uh, and, and, and these things that, that he's been a part of to help the community with so many things during the pandemic, during such this intense time that we've all been through uh, together too. You know, there's another thing that we do now, uh, Father Al and, and Eric, both or have been encouraging it. I never did this before because it just didn't, I don't know, but at, immediately after the end of the service, <laughs> our, all three of us priests, we used to just huddle together and he'd say this prayer. Both of them would say the prayer. And he, um, and, and the thing is, I, it's an old prayer uh, and I, I don't even know the name of it. And, and, uh, and both of them know it by heart. And so when uh, when finished the service, I I turned to one of them and say, "Who's going to do the prayer?" You know, and yeah. it was just you know it was just a 
a way to just be a team together, pray mm-hmm. together. And, and it was beautiful. And I, uh, I have to get that prayer and, and say it in honor. Of it. That would be so nice. Yes. You know, and I think what we're doing right now too, is just like thinking of all these ways that he's had an effect and, you know, I'd encourage folks too to like to also feel free to share comments or things in, in in the comment section and you know what you'll miss about Father Eric or how he was important to you, you know? Yeah. And I, I think yeah, that's Dale saying beautifully said, Father. Yeah. Thanks. I mean it's hard not to say good things about him. And actually, you know, we've have in our church community, we have a lot of really wonderful people and faithful people. And um, yeah, he was he was special. Yeah, I, I can see that. I really can. And I think um, one of the things about our faith is that we have the opportunity too to come together when we, in our grieving and as a community, when we mourn, when we have the funeral. And I know that's something you and I have talked about in terms of the importance of that ritual. Yeah. So, and it, you know, it, it, yeah, we were talking even yesterday, uh, the few, the liturgy of, uh, of uh, the burial liturgy is beautiful because there's this, it's, it holds intention, reality of death, the radical acceptance of death, but also the, a faith that we have and it holds that intention so there's it's bittersweet moment right it's bitter because we don't see the person in front of us it's sweet because we imagine we understand our faith tells us that that life goes on to be with god and one day we our, our christian theology uh helps us to understand that that we will be that we will be among those we will see those people who've passed on you know these saints who have passed on and yet and even in our memory we stay they still exist in in alive as we remember them we reconnect with their experience uh but then so the liturgy helps us to kind of uh end in a way that helps us to manage this grief to move forward in in life uh but then Immediately after the liturgy, I think there's a second liturgy that happens, and that's the liturgy in, in the repast or the reception or the or the coffee hour uh, experience where people gather together, and they've heard the eulogy, they've heard the uh, theological understanding in in the sermon of where death is, and then they come together and they share stories, I and mean, funny stories, uh, you know stories of crankiness and stories just stories because this person meant so much for us and it helps us to to express exactly what you were saying express this this feeling that we have mm. you know? yeah for sure for sure that, that that morning together and meeting together and gathering together and remembering and what do we take from knowing him? What do we miss about him? What do we what reminds what do we remember about Father Eric? All of that is is so such an important process and, and so important to do together as a community. Um, and I think I would also say to folks too that um, as you're grieving and, and and to also 
recognize that there's no right or wrong way to feel and you know you you will probably even have what are called grief births where you will remember you can be reminded of the person that you've lost something you smell or something that you see or maybe a certain time of year that these kinds of moments will happen and uh, and that's okay you know to not feel so you know I think integrating your, your grieving you'll always have that loss but I think it's when time it becomes um, you're able to better do the and like we're talking about you recognize this is a sadness and a loss that you'll feel you miss this person and however you also be able to stay connected and continue and participate in life and so but it's important to really allow for that emotional process to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and you know, you remind me one of the, that grief is complex, right? And it doesn't, it isn't done in one particular way. And, mm -hmm. and actually, and it depends also, I think on, on your uh, understanding who, who of that person who is in front of you, who, who's, who, who passed away. I mean, the person that you loved, well, maybe, I mean, even those feelings are complex, right? I mean, there are, you know, some people, you know, tell me you know, the assumptions that I make, you know, when a person loses a father or a mother are not always the same because the relationships are not always the same as my relationship with my father. And so, you know, people grieve in different ways and some people are very emotive. I've learned this. It seems like, and, you know, some people like to hug and, 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 but other people say, no, look, I just do it in my own way, particular way. I, you know, I don't show tears and, and that's okay too, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. And also I would say, you know, when, when somebody that I really have likes uh, who writes about grief, Dr. Wolfelt, Alan Wolfelt, he would also say it's important to find people you can talk to about your grief. Yes. And, he uses the word, the rule of thirds, where he says that usually a third of your people in your circle, your family and friends, will be supportive and non-judgmental. A third will be kind of neutral, and a third just won't have, you know, uh, the interest or ability to maybe be there to listen in a sort of supportive way. So, so you know, it's okay. You might have to be a little bit persistent until you find the people you can talk with about this. However, I want to empower you that. That is an important process to be able to to talk and express your feelings with others. And that reminds me, I am just again grateful that you're here, uh, Sharon. And I think I think it's so important that in, that people use therapists. You know, I mean, I, I mean, there, there's there's wonderful. It's wonderful to use the community as helping us to grieve. And but if it if that grief becomes, you know. Stultifying and 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 doesn't help uh, to kind of you can't manage it. Then it's important to 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 speak with speak with someone who has training, deep training. Right, I agree one hundred percent with that. If you start to feel as though you know there is a certain amount that can happen when people are grieving in terms of maybe appetite changes or sleep challenges, and but if this is becoming persistent and continuing and really starting to affect your functioning. Or it's a level of distress that's interfering with, you know, your daily functioning. That's when really um, it'd probably be a good idea to reach out and 
and get uh, professional support. But there will be some of these things that happen a bit depending on the, the nature of the loss initially. Yeah. Well, Sharon, I want to thank you. I mean, thank you for being there for our parish. Thank you for being there for me. And thank mm -hmm. you for being, you know, there for the world. It, it's You have a great gift. And uh, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a tough loss for us, but it people is. like you help us to, to manage through this time. Well, thank you too, Father Sunil, for creating this community so that we can all come together and, you know, grieve and mourn together. And as we continue to the journey that we're on of moving through this very challenging time in history, and then now also with a loss of you know, a beloved person in our community. Yeah. I'd like to end, usually I end with a, with the prayer for, um, you know, like a, the prayer for the pandemic, but I'd like to end with a prayer from the burial office and naming um, Father Eric and then, and then the Lord's prayer. And then of course, at the end of our program, Ben has this wonderful um, video of, of his voice saying, you know, uh, you know, saying the canticle of the sun, which is a, um, a canticle that he said at almost every morning prayer. And uh, it just, it just speaks of him. And, uh, and I think it's, it's a moving video. So I hope that people will stay and watch it as well. Um, but I'd like to just say with the, these two prayers, if that's okay. Again, Sharon, thank you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God of grace and glory, we remember before you this day our brother Eric. We thank you for giving him to us, his family and friends, to know and to love as a companion on our earthly pilgrimage. In your boundless compassion, console us who mourn. Give us faith to see in death the gate of eternal life, so that in quiet confidence we may continue our course on earth until by your call, we are reunited with those who have gone before through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Join with me in the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, go in peace to love and serve God. Uh, spread the faith and light of God to the world around you. The world needs it right now. And please stay for the canticle. O most high, almighty, good Lord God, to thee belong praise, glory, honor, and all blessing. Praise be my Lord God for all his creatures, and especially for our brother the sun, who brings us the day and who brings us the light. Fair is he and shines with a very great splendor. O Lord, he signifies to us thee. Praise be my Lord for our sister the moon, and for the stars the which he has set clear and lovely in heaven. Praise be my Lord for our brother the wind, and for air, and cloud, and calms, and all weather. 
by the which thou upholdest life in all creatures. Praise be, my Lord, for our sister Water, who is very serviceable unto us, and humble, and precious, and clean. Praise be, my Lord, for our brother Fire, through whom thou bringest us light in the darkness, and he is bright and pleasant and very mighty and strong. Praise be, my Lord, for our mother the earth, through which thou sustain us and keep us, and bringeth forth fruits and flowers of many colors and grass. Praise be, my Lord, for all those who pardon one another for his love's sake and who endure weakness and tribulation. Blessed are they who peaceably shall endure, for thou, O Most Highest, shalt give them a crown. Praise be my Lord for our sister, the death of the body, from which no one escapeth. Woe to him who dieth in mortal sin. Blessed are they who are found walking by thy most holy will, for the second death shall have no power to do them harm. Praise ye, and bless the Lord, and give thanks to him, and serve him with great humility.